Welcome to Nature Magic, a positive voice for nature from Ireland. The Nature Magic podcast is taking a short break after this episode. We wish you all a very happy holidays. And for the final episode of 2021, I'm reading a short story that I wrote based on real life events. I suggest you listen to it at bedtime and enjoy a little imaginary break in the burren. There is no drama or violence and it may even put you to sleep. So sweet dreams, and as they say, maybe don't listen to it if you're driving. Thank you all for the support, spreading a positive voice for nature from Ireland, and see you in 2022. Three light knocks. Jane sees a leathered face peering around the door. Deep waddies run down tanned cheeks gullies worn away by the tears of the ancestors. He takes off his dark wide-brimmed felt hat. His shiny blue-grey hair is tied back. Thick ropes of turquoise beads hang over his neatly pressed charcoal shirt. Ya a et abini. It is good, the morning, he says. She lifts her head. A dream? A trip? Reality? In beauty I walk, he puts his hands together in prayer. She didn't change clothes to sleep in. She wore layers of shirts and skirts. Her kids wore t-shirts or jumpers and bare asses or jeans, depending on their potty training level. She wrapped them in cloth nappies at night. She pulls on heavy boots. Her brown frizzy hair is matted into clumps. The house is warm. It smells of patchouli, cannabis, wood smoke. It is early. The babies stir under their blankets in the corner like a litter of pops. My name is Wild Deer of Autumn, the man says softly. I am a Navajo elder. We were passing through and were drawn to your roundhouse. Two other elderly men with long plaits wait behind him. Jane stands frozen for a minute, the image searing into her core memory. The early morning sun paints the stone walls pink and gives the grass a neon green hue. The birds sing raucously. Jane observes the fire pit to the right, the polytunnels, and the painfully empty caravan beyond them. Her attention turns back to the three chiefs. It is a sign. We wish to offer thanks to the people of this land. White Deer of Autumn gestures to his elderly friends with an open hand. A smaller man with a broad flat face wearing a polo sport windbreaker over a denim shirt and jeans with a large silver belt buckle steps forward. A feather is woven into his shiny black braid. Chief Little Wolf stares at the moon from the Cherokee people, says White Deer of Autumn. May the great spirit walk with you, the second man says, gesturing the ground. An ancient looking man with a tasseled coat, glassy blue eyes, and an attractive dangling earring leans on a high star. Chief soaring singing hawk 
from the Mohawk people, says White Deer of Autumn. May the warm winds of heaven blow on your house. He kisses his palm and blows on his hand towards the thatched roof. Come in, I'll put the kettle on. She pulls the crunchy square toweling nappies off the line and throws them in a basket. The three men arrange themselves on cushions around the ashes of the central fire. She lights some paper and a few small sticks and then adds some logs. Peace falls on the house like a thick, warm Navajo rug. The fire blazes up in front of them, heating their cheeks while the cool breath of morning refreshes the back of their necks. A pair of wrens serenade them from a bodlier bush. The sweet scent swirls in, tantalizing through the open door. A pine marten trots along the top of a wall. A wave of feral goats passes across a rocky field in the distance, their musk briefly tainting the air. A donkey brays across the hills, welcoming the day. We landed in Shannon yesterday, explains White Deer of Autumn. A bald eagle got caught in the Gulf Stream and then flew over the Atlantic and ended up here in Ireland. Your wildlife wardens caught him and put him on a flight back to New York and they released him somewhere along the Mohawk River. We are thankful for your kindness. It is a sign that this place is a special place for nature and we come to give thanks. Jane fills the kettle with water from a five gallon plastic churn. Drawing water from the well and wheeling it back to the house is a tough job in summer and torturous in winter. Brad had been good at that. He was good at gathering firewood too. He was good at keeping her warm. She was 40 when she met him, 44 when he left her with four young ones under the age of five. He was a blessing and a curse. The last 20 years reeled through her head, leaving London, joining the New Age travellers, buying the patch of land with Mikey, building the roundhouse stone by stone, planting the garden, year after year trying for a baby, him leaving, his blonde, buxom new woman and their clutch of kids, her romance with Brad, his black and white horses, her and Brad's babies born next to the fire, him drinking, fighting, leaving, and finally, her facing the looming winter alone. She throws handfuls of mint and lemon balm into the teapot and adds some raw honey. The kids have been playing in the evening until the sun had set at 10 p.m. They stir a bit but settle back to sleep, well used to the murmur of adult conversation around the fire. She cuts slices off a brown soda loaf. It's a little stale. She toasts it and spreads homemade blackberry jam over it. Thank you for the food, soaring singing hawk bows his head in gratitude. We would like to perform a blessing ceremony for you. But first, could I ask you to introduce us to your native flora and fauna? We are not familiar with your red cattle, your small robins and your little windblown trees. We would like to learn their names and tell our people about them when we return. 
Jane agrees. They go outside. They walk through the herb garden. She shows them the polytunnel bursting produce. Slowly, they pick their way across the limestone pavement, observing the sunken beauty of Mullock Moor in the distance. Water is shining off the turlock at her foot. A pair of peregrine falcons circle high above them, on guard and searching for prey. The windblown trees are mostly whitethorn. The leaves can help regulate the heart when you chew it. The other little bush is blackthorn. It has a bitter berry called a sloe. It's sometimes used to flavor gin and vodka. Hazel trees give us nuts. The cattle are shorthorn. They graze the mountains in winter when the springs are full and go down to the meadow pastures in summer. Little wolf staring at the moon points at a wild rose. Spikes, not thorns. The burnet rose, it makes black hips in autumn. They stop at a little lumpy hill. Ants, says Jane. She pulls a few leaves of thyme off the ant hill. They garden the herbs to protect the hive against sickness. Thyme is an antiseptic. See how short they trim it. They have wood sage. Wood sorrel, oregano. They step over deep, narrow crevices of rock, past patches of grass and flowers. This is the fly orchid, the bee orchid, the frog orchid. These are mountain avens from the Arctic. This is the maidenhair fern from the tropics. There's no discrimination on the mountain. She points out butterflies, moths, a slow worm, a hare, foxes, and badger tracks. They stop at a little stream where some enamel mugs are hanging on a bush. They drink the calcium-rich water in silence like the ancient holy men from long ago, finding the almighty in empty spaces. Time stands still. When they return, the children are awake. They're drawn shapes with sticks in the fire pit ashes. Three of them run to Jane, screaming with glee and grabbing her skirts. The baby sits on the threshold of the house, bawling for food. Rowan, can you get us the cushions, my love? She asks the biggest child, who is gnawing on the heel of the bread. She scoops up the baby and sits, breastfeeding her two youngest children in turns as she talks with the three chiefs. The two older children work the raspberry bushes in the hedge and run to and fro, bringing berries to the old men. Rowan brings an ember from the house fire and starts blowing on some dry grass. When it catches, he piles up little sticks and gets the outside fire going for his mother. The elders start to drum a beat on their knees. Jane puts the baby in a hammock made from a shawl tied between two bushes and rocks her occasionally. Rowan runs into the house and brings out a boron and Brad's bongo drums. He was good on the drums and the guitar, a lovely singer. The three toddlers join in with sticks. White Deer of Autumn unpacks a pinkish stone pipe and slowly fills it with a whole tobacco leaf. He sprinkles some tobacco on the ground. To acknowledge, we must give back to Mother Earth. He takes the feather from Little Wolf's hair. A gift to you, a bald eagle feather from our country. It will give you courage and strength. Think of us when you hold it. He will be your guide. If your children are sick, I will give you healing heat, 
close your eyes and you will see me blowing on the embers like that child and the heat will surge from your hands. Your hands will know where the healing is needed and the heat will pulse from you. Little wolf and singing hawk will stand guard on your space as you work to the right and left of the sick at their shoulders. He brings the pipe over to the flame and lights it. We call upon and thank the six energies. Holding the bowl in his hand, he points the pipe to the west. Black is the colour of the west. Where the sun goes down, black is darkness, release, spirit, protection. Black is the cup of water, the life-giving rains come from the west. White deer of autumn turns and points the pipe to the south. The south is yellow. Our mother earth gives us growth and herbs that heal us. We think of her strength. We think of her bounty and physical healing while we load this pipe. He turns to the east. Red is the east. It is where the daybreak star, the star of knowledge appears. Red is the rising sun bringing us the new day. He sprinkles a little tobacco on the ground and turns to the north. White is the north. The north covers our mother earth with the white blanket of cleansing snow. The winter is the time of long contemplation for us two-legged. When we have the face of the old, we will want to look back upon our lifetime and hope we stood for the straight road in our relationship to all things, courage and enduring strength, truthfulness and honesty. These are the strengths we seek as we stand here facing north. He holds the pipe over his head. May the sun bring you energy day by day. You have earned a new name. I call out to the birds, to the plants, to the rocks and the animals to introduce them to you. Great spirit, mystery, unexplainable source of life. We thank you for the six powers of the universe. Please keep safe our friend, wild herb of the flat rock. This is a true story that happened in 1989. The bald eagle did get blown over the ocean to Ireland. The three Native American chiefs did visit the Burren and knock on Jane's door. I changed her name for confidentiality. And they did perform the peace pipe ceremony. I know this because the eagle story was in the paper and I was the next person to knock on that same door. From what she told me, I imagined how the visit went. I have since found out the chiefs were actually from the Crow people. I was 19 years old with a month old baby suffering from mastitis and a high fever. The doctor had injected me four times with penicillin, but it kept coming back. It was painful. And with the last visit, I wanted him to just put me to sleep. I met a lady from Dublin who told me to try comfrey root poultice. The only people I could think of that might have a comfrey plant were the new age hippies. So I tracked down the band of wagons and tents and they sent me up the mountain to Jane's roundhouse as they knew she had a large herd garden. I saw the empty caravan. I left with the comfrey route and solace for my own situation. Jane told me how she and her husband had tried to have children for 20 years and as soon as they split up, they both had a few. I remember her nut brown babies rolling around on the grass. How she raised them alone on that mountain, I don't know. The last time I saw her was five years after she'd given me the comfrey route. She was at the queue at the post office in town with her happy, waggle-taggle gang of children. And the comfrey poultice cured the mastitis within three days. <laughs>